Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. It's that time of the week. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends Will, Darren, Kristen, and producer Matt. And Guys, we joked a little bit about last week being a contractually obligated happy half hour, but we have plenty to be happy about this week after that win at Atlanta. Yeah, there's actual happiness. And you know, and then of course like other things going on in our personal lives or whatnot, our whole our whole demeanor is not sure. fully um, you know, just influenced by whether or not we win. But this game. building kind of is. I mean when you No, walk I was a- kidding. Mine yeah. mine is. Yeah. <laughs> when you walk around this building, I mean it's tangible. I mean, even though as much as they talk about one to know every week, want to know every week. That weight was starting to bear down on them four in a row. And and now it's like, okay, now it's back to normal. Now it's back to work and it's regular again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that stuff, I mean, that's human nature. I mean, it's, it's easier to deal with some of these guys coming off of a win than it is a loss. And, you know, they're four and four. So let's see what happens. Absolutely. And and I will say from from my perspective people ask me you know how how is it after a loss and say everyone's a professional. Right. You know, no one's um no one's a jerk or anything like that, but everyone's a lot happier when they're winning. <laughs> no doubt about that. Well, how are you feeling? Well, it's it's we're all very comfortable right now. I feel like we're we're yeah. all like wearing our very comfy sweaters and sweatshirts and Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's like, a fun thing. It's, it's like it's, forty degrees outside. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's, flan- it's flannel and pants season, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's different. What do you? Yeah, I mean. Wait, what are we looking at? Sorry, they're great for yeah. podcasting. What yeah. is? What did more you just theater, show? Will more theater? He than has nine flannel stuff. inside of his pants. Oh yeah. What does that mean? I've got like four or five pairs of flannel lined pants that have oh, that's soft. Fuzzy, warm flannel. So they're jeans on the outside, flannel on the inside. That's right. And just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that you could do that. And, and you know, basically anytime it gets below 50 degrees, I'm like, yeah, flannel pants season. (laughs) Like walking around in pajamas. Do you ever um, misjudge because the weather in North Carolina could start out 40 in the morning and then 70 and then you're just sweating? Yeah, in your sometimes, flannel pants. but I'd prefer that to the alternative. That's There's fair. There's nothing worse than being cold. <laughs> I turned the heat on in the house the other day, and wife's like, it's way too hot in here, and I no such thing. Oh, man. Oh, no, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you not can big. be too where do, hot. Where do you keep the thermostat in your house? Well, we were doing the thing where, you know, you hold off as long as you possibly can before you finally turn it right. on. I finally turned it on. It was down to 62 this morning. Ooh. Yeah. 
What are you hanging Chili meat in there? <laughs> it's down to sixty two. Oh yeah, when you so see your breath at Will's house, you yeah. turn the thermostat. Well, I mean, on. you just it was kind of a game more than anything. You just yeah. kinda of hold out and then this morning was woof. Okay. Was cold. <laughs> you win. Now turn yeah. the heat on. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um just in case you were wondering, we keep our, our thermostat somewhere between sixty eight and seventy. Yeah. 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 That's the right answer, Will. Just well, it's you know. now there. Well, yeah. It's, 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 it, I put it at sixty nine. Throws so your poor you girlfriend out. You know, this is a fun game. She's like, I'm free. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this game at Atlanta. Uh, they did a lot. This team did a lot of things right um, in that game. I thought, you know, they did the things that they said they wanted to do. The O line protected. They ran the ball forty six times for mm-hmm. over two hundred yards. I thought. I thought everyone who ran the ball mm-hmm. looked good running it, and that includes Sam. We got to see some. The old quarterback sneak came back quite a few times. Yeah, and he's a, always been a mobile guy. And early in the year, we were having some fun joking about Sam leading. The league and touchdown runs. Yeah. And, you know, that's a part of it. I mean, it's like Daniel Jones you saw against the Giants the other week. That's part of his game. He can get out and do that. Now, again, obviously he gets out and he takes a big hit and uh, gets a concussion, isn't able to finish. That's not great. But from the standpoint of diversifying the offense, last week was almost like, okay, we're going to strip it down to the bare bones. We're going to do four things, and we're going to try to do them as right as possible. And that included Sam running the ball, and they were able to check those boxes. So, you know, again, I I sent Will an old story I wrote back from my newspaper days of kind of the history of the Wildcat and when the Panthers ran it for the first time in 06 uh, before Miami turned it into a craze there. But (laughs) it, it was similar to that game, whereas they were in a situation where, okay, things aren't going right. In 06, they were running out of quarterbacks who could throw the ball. And it's like, we're going to run. We're going to run a lot. And we're going to run it in a lot of different ways that you haven't necessarily seen. And and that's what it felt like to me last week is it they were intent on running. They said they were going to do it the week before, and they didn't. And it was, by God, we're going to run, and we're going to keep doing it. And it kept working. That was the impressive part about it. It wasn't just Chuba. It was Amir Abdullah popping off some big runs and Royce Freeman mm-hmm. contributing a little bit in addition to Sam. And that was absolutely what they needed. I mean, it was kind of a – gave the defense a chance to catch its breath. You know, you're out there with an 11-minute advantage in time of possession, and everybody on the Carolina Panthers kind of goes, <sighs> Mm-hmm. Well, and that was something that we talked a lot about on the radio broadcast that you could see. I'm watching the sidelines. You know, that's my, my job to see how things are going down there. And you notice the defense. I mean, the defense is always great at communicating, talking amongst, you know, the D linemen are talking to the linebackers, linebackers are talking to the secondary. But they were, I mean, there was so much communication, and it kind of clicked for me for a second. I was like, oh, they have time to communicate. Yeah. They have time to talk through things, to go get the Surface tablet, show each other something. You know, Derek Brown and Frankie Louvu were having multiple conversations. Daquan Jones was teaching everybody something on the sidelines. It was nice to see them because we hadn't seen them have the the time to do that over the last couple of games before that. You know, it was really, there were a lot of three and outs, especially in that Giants game where they're just running back on the field. So it was it was great to see them get to take advantage. And then I think we saw the the fruits of that, you know, out on the field when they got back out there. They made some, some really great plays. And then, of, of course, also you get Shaq back. Uh, Stephon Gilmore comes in for a while and, and makes a big impression in, in limited play. But but you're right, being able to run the ball served so many different purposes. And, Will, your stat of the week had something to do with just how successful they were running the ball, right? 60% of the time, it works every time. 
Stat of the week. So not only did running help the offensive line, mm-hmm. you know, it helped guys. You know, there were what the six different starting offensive line group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Trent Scott at right guard. You know, you can you can block downhill a mm-hmm. little bit. It helps them. It helps you not give up sacks. But I think the thing that was interesting, they talked about needing to convert first downs because they were getting into these third and 11s, third and 9s, third and 12s, where it's really hard to do when everyone's pinning their ears back, they're coming at you, it's a passing down. They had 13 first downs by running. So that it meant that they were in position to convert first downs you know, with the ball, third and one, you know, a couple sneaks from, um, from Darnold, you know, different ways that they were able to convert it by running. They had 17 first downs by rushing over the last three games. And they had 13 in this one. So mm-hmm. I think that just showed um, their ability to get in manageable third downs, their ability to convert. They had 10, first, uh, 10 third down conversions, uh, which was like the most since 2017 mm. in a game. So, I mean, yeah, they were able to to really keep drives going. Obviously, they had three drives over 15. I'm just throwing yeah. all the stats out there. I love right it. Now. Yeah, but it, the point being they were able to get into third downs that they can convert by running the ball rather than being in you have to throw. And you just everyone knows what's coming. Will's doing to us with stats what the Panthers' offense did to the Falcons' defensive line. He's just leaning on us. It's great. Keeps it's great it because on. Darren, if we're the if yeah. we're the the defense, so you know, it's, I got time to rest. I can take a sip exactly. of my water. Yeah, y'all can just sit yeah. back. I'm just, I got more Darren numbers. And I can all chat over here on the side. <laughs> Will's got this. He's got this. But <laughs> I, and it really is. I mean, that game had the feeling of one team leaning on the other. One oh yeah. Throughout the afternoon, and and again, I can't say it enough they needed that Mm -hmm. I mean they just needed a break from all the not not just the plays that weren't working and the two of 15 on third down conversions the week before I mean just mentally spiritually emotionally whatever I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here but they needed that in so many ways defense offense everybody yeah, I just love spiritually and emotionally. They oh, yeah. yeah. But you're right. There's I think a lot there of growth are, there this week. <laughs> I think there are wins that you go, okay, all right, we, we, we came out of that one week, that one out, or oh, right. that was ugly. Um, but you're right. This one was also kind of a, a proof of concept. We're doing mm-hmm. the things that we said we were going to do, and we won, and look how much, as you said, we leaned on them. Look how much we controlled the game by doing the things we said we were going to do. And you do it on the road at Atlanta. Yeah, like, that's a place which that when, up until last yeah, year, when the, when Panthers the Panthers were at their best. They don't win there, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it, I think that, and it doesn't matter how good or bad Atlanta is. That place is yeah. always just so hard to win. Yeah. So I, you know, give them credit for that. Well, anytime you're playing the Falcons, well, which you right. educated me on last year, even being a fan, it's like you almost always split with Atlanta. Just historically, no matter who's the you know the better to the 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 season what 2015 where they had one mm-hmm. loss the one loss was uh, against Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah. yeah so it's just it you know division games are are no joke and uh, it's great to go down there yeah. and and for them to get a win to the NFC South and it's always weird there i mean there's so many oddball it is, games it is weird there it, whether it's the Georgia Dome or Mercedes-Benz Stadium i mean from the very first game the Panthers very first game 
they go into the Georgia Dome, have a chance to win, except for a false start penalty in overtime by Appalachian State's Derek Graham. <laughs> but never mind that. Uh, and now it's almost like it set the stage because there was so much oddball stuff happening Falcons-Panthers games down well, there. Well, wasn't that where your story was? Yeah. The, o- the 06 at, where they Atlanta, did the, the Wildcat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was we were, there you go. We were all trying to get out of there. It's Christmas Eve. You want to get back to your families and stuff. And, you know, the Panthers decided to revolutionize offense and start running. How much did you love that? It, it, it was, you know what, honestly, on a holiday when they kept running the ball and the clock kept moving, I think that game ended in about two and a half hours. Yeah. So it was perfect. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was quite a wrinkle, and it's it's one I'll never forget. And and I did. I wish I could share that story somehow with Will or with a lot of people because I wrote a thing for the paper just talking about how that whole thing came together with – you know, John Fox and, and Dan Henning and the entire offense and how they decided, oh, God, let's do this this week. So it, it was cool. Well, let's talk about um, going forward in terms of who we think is is healthy or, or what we know. Yeah. And Darren, you and I were just chatting about it a little bit right before we came on the air. And the truth is, as you so eloquently put it, we don't know. Right. We don't know yet. But there are a lot of guys, whether it's, you know, a Christian McCaffrey was designated to return from IR, which starts that 21-day clock. Um, Sam Darnold is in the concussion protocol right now. There are guys that were designated to return from IR uh, a week or two ago, whether it's your Pat Elflines or your Justin Burris's, your Miles Hartsfields, um, Joe Charlton, could also be back. Uh, so there's a, a lot of guys, and we started right. to see that first wave. I just talked to, to Matt Rule about it yesterday of just, um, and, and then David um, Langton, our executive producer on the sidelines, um, you know, and I'm like, usually I'm giving injury reports and, and they have not been good the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice to say to him on Sunday, looks like Stefan Gilmore is going to be going in soon. So now we're kind of getting to the end of this um, injury rash. I should probably knock on wood somewhere. Yeah, yes, really. thank you. Um, and um, at some point, we assume that that all of these guys that we just mentioned, and I'm sure there are a few more I forgot, will be healthy. But of course, if you're a Panthers fan, you want them all to be healthy. Right. As soon as possible. So, Darren, what, what are you hearing? What's the latest? Well, I can't, I just had a little flashback to week one. The Panthers went into the first week of the season with, like, nobody on the injury report, it was really. A, I think it was the first I, two weeks. And I asked yeah. Matt about it in a press conference, and he looked at me like I had nine heads. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you making me address this? Are we um, unwise to be saying all this stuff? On, both no. you and I have just put ourselves in, in a situation in front of a microphone no. where we're like. Yeah, I know. I but mean, it, was, it, was, it was the first two weeks because right. then mm-hmm. the third Thursday night game was yeah. week three. Sure, yeah. and that's when it all went haywire. So obviously it was our fault, Kristen. Yep. Um, but I, mean, I truly, you know, don't think Matt Rule's just trying to mess with Bill Belichick. I don't think Matt Rule knows right now as we tape this podcast on Thursday morning whether Christian McCaffrey's going to be available, whether Sam Darnold's going to yep. be available. I mean, the Sam stuff's absolutely out of his hands because he's got to pass through an independent neurologist the concussion protocol is beyond the scope of coaches. They don't get to – there's no art in that. It's all science. So as soon as Sam's clear, he'll be back out there, and we don't know when that'll be. I mean, it can look good, and guys cannot pass the test. So we'll see. But uh, with Christian, I mean, it, we've been through it before. We've watched him go out and practice, and the way they've treated him coming back is, okay, you do a little bit on Wednesday, a little bit more on Thursday, a little bit more on Friday. Yeah. And on the first one, they pushed him into the second week, and he was almost ready, and then he wasn't. So, 
you know, I think because of that, they're a little hesitant to go too far into it. But from what we saw in practice, from what we know about the situation, Christian's moving around well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And when Matt was asked specifically, because they did go into it easy with Stephon Gilmore. They did give Shaq Thompson a lot of time, an extra week basically to come back. And somebody asked Matt if he was probably going that way with Christian, and he was like, I don't know that yet. And, and I think the it, it, it felt this way last year. I remember, you know, when the Panthers were starting to, to get some wins, you know, with Mike Davis back there, Mike's having to uh-huh. do these big things. You know, there was very much that sense of, hey, it's next man up. We're the, we're the Carolina Panthers. We're not the Carolina McCaffrey's. You know, like everyone – uh, we're we're a team, you know. Everyone's just going to keep pitching in and, and and keep doing their best. Next man up. But I think you look at the way everything changed when Shaq Thompson was back on that field. Mm-hmm. Like it, as much as no one's going to say that, it helps to have the best players that you have on your team playing for your team. You know, I mean, it. I don't know that no one would say that. Yeah, that's I think breaking. That's, a pretty... that's breaking news. Having good players right. helps. Right, but it, I I felt like there was this whole last year. There was this like. These mental hula hoops of do we really need Christian? You know, we've got Mike. Well, yeah, I, I mean, there was like this com- weird I think, thing. Yeah. I think there is a. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I think that when some of your best players, your biggest contributors, go down with injuries, you have to, as a staff and as a team, not get dispirited about it. Right. And and I think that that's where it comes from. Which is, well, oh, might as well not even walk out there and play the game now. I mean, yeah. that you can't have that attitude. Right. And so, but I don't know that it translates to if you have a if you have the opportunity to have that player back. Sure. But that's what that's what everyone has had to believe for the last four weeks is that, we, hey, we're, we're still a great, you know, there's right. there's a, a number of other guys that can make contributions. We just saw three of the, three mm-hmm. different running backs make huge contributions in the Atlanta game, and Sam, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> include him. We're talking about running the ball. Um, so I think it's that, right? But, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, Everyone wants to see Christian back. It just, out on it the just field. changes. It changes everything. And obviously, you want to keep continuing to let a guy like Amir Abdullah, that can obviously, you know, be a spark, can can produce, yeah. can be out there. You know, Chuba's getting better each week. Right. You want to let those guys continue to improve and help the team. But at the same time, like Christian just changes the way that everything happens on that field when he's on there, whether or not he's touching the ball. Yeah. He's so. not he's not like the other kids. So right. and I think one thing that will be helpful too, there was a lot of talk early on in the season about, you know, Christian touched it fifty nine times in the first two games and people wonder, Oh my God, is that too many? Is that why this is happening? I you know, it's a hamstring. Like last year was it was an ankle, it was a shoulder, it was different stuff. Um, dumb luck, nobody ever Gives enough credit to dumb luck for some mm-hmm. of this stuff. But the one thing Matt said was when Christian's back, you want to keep using Chuba. You want to keep mm-hmm. using Amir. You know, whether there's still touches for Royce Freeman in that situation, I don't know. But yeah, the point was you want to have a more broad based running attack. And rather than just beating one guy into the ground, hey, all of a sudden there's multiple guys who can contribute. So let's do that. Absolutely. And then just at a different position group, but someone I, I failed to mention and I feel bad as we were talking about injuries coming back, we could see Terrace Marshall, you know, again, mm-hmm. in the concussion protocol. So as as Darren said, that's out of the coach's hands. But you talk about just the potential to have a team that looks more healthy than not. Yeah. For the first time since really about week three is is really exciting because as you guys pointed out, just seeing Shaq out there and and mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore, two contributors to a defense that was already you know playing well, was was just a huge shift. Right. 
But, you know, those first couple weeks, like after three weeks, they kind of wake up and realize, oh, my God, this defense is pretty good. And, I mean, especially after the first two and you're starting to figure out, oh, God, J.C. Horn's actually really good at this footballing thing. (laughs) Who would have thought? (laughs) Yeah. And you miss that in his absence. And then Shaq goes out and you miss that. And all of a sudden when you put Shaq and Stephon Gilmore back on the field, that's that same sense was back there. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. as Stefan plays more and more and more, it's, I mean, and this is nothing against Dante Jackson, who's really good and is going to get paid a lot of money this offseason. Yeah, off he's season. having a great season. And nothing against A.J. Boye or Keith Taylor or any of those other guys out there playing. Stefan Gilmore's different, y'all. He's really, really good at football. <laughs> and you walk out there and you see it, and we've got a story coming today just about the way Stefan sees things. And he kind of sees things before other people see them. And that's the kind of player he is. And that's what he's bringing. You know, it's you hear him talk all the time about alphas in that room. He's one of them. He doesn't say a lot. He's very soft-spoken. He's very quiet. Uh-huh. Talking to Stefan mm-hmm. Gilmore. It's all about the business. I'm just trying to get better. But then he makes this gigantic play. And it's like, oh, man. That's what they just added to this defense that was already okay. Well, and, and you know, we saw, the fans certainly saw that that interception, that gigantic play, which really felt like sealed the game. How about, I mean, what he did to Kyle Pitts? Mm-hmm. I, that was a huge, yeah. you know, we didn't talk about it when we were talking about the Atlanta game so much, but that was a huge mismatch concern coming into the game. You know, if you looked at all the, the outside analysts talking about, like, what's going to, what, you know, there's not an answer, not just not just on the Panthers, but for a lot of teams right. for Kyle Pitts, and it wasn't just him the entire time. But, I mean, that was... The those things are not necessarily as flashy, but you didn't hear a lot of Kyle yeah. Pitts in that game. Yeah, and he had had what, like 175 yeah. catches for a thousand yards. Yeah, the something like that, game. just in the last game. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That. But he had gone 20 bananas, touchdowns, um, and just wasn't a factor. And they kind of erased him, and they did it a lot of different ways. I mean, you know, Gilmore had him late. And they, I like the way, you know, they kind of game-planned out those snaps where early on there wasn't a lot of Stefan first quarter, second quarter. They wanted him out there for two minutes. Mm-hmm. They wanted him out there in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter it was, hi, Kyle, this is Stefan. Stefan, Kyle, you two get to know each other. You two other. get to know each other. He'll be with you a lot <laughs> for the, the next hour. The best part about him, it just, like, even from, like, the way he talks, he just feels so casual, mm-hmm. especially with, like, his kind of loose, long sleeves. Yeah. You know, he's just kind of, like, out here. And, you know, like, before the snap, he's just kind of, like, casually just kind of walking up and then just, like, boom. You know, there's this weird switch that happens within within him as soon as, yeah. like, things are working. But you don't look you don't look at him and kind of where he is and what he's doing and think, oh, my God, that's the best defensive player in football. I will say, though, and again, I, I said this on our broadcast, it was before we had seen him in the game because, as you said, they, they held him. It was going to be a limited package. We, we didn't see a lot of him. Um, in the in the first couple of quarters, and I I told our uh, executive producer I said okay he's got to look in his eye and like I wasn't kidding. I was like he's got to look in his eye I think he's a, he's gonna go in soon because you're right there is that switch that flips mm-hmm. where he's like you said very um you know just he's kind of just hanging out having a good time focused on you know, he's on the bike stretching out getting ready and then you kind of see it if you're up close enough to him and you're like oh he's about <laughs> looks like he's about to go in and play the game here yeah. and. Uh, and it's cool to see. It's cool to get to see that that switch flip a little bit. Yep. Let's talk about the Patriots just really quickly before we before we wrap up. 
what's your confidence level, Darren, in this one? Can I ask you that? Am I allowed to ask uh, you that? I think that's fine. I And the only honest answer is I don't know. I mean, I was the idiot for a long time. I was the guy who kept saying, man, they can't keep winning Super Bowls. It's going to run out of steam. I said that, too. And, and, and I, I, also and I was that. wrong over yep. and over and over. And I was like, I just, this is the year that this, is, yeah. this isn't happening, and right? And I just decided to stop being an idiot. I'm going <laughs> to trust that Bill Belichick is better at his job than anybody in the NFL. And that's no slight to Matt Rule or anybody. That guy's just got more trophies on the shelf than anybody. He's great at his job. And he's great at figuring out a new way to do it. I mean, he's one play in man. He's one play in zone. He's one throwing the ball a uh, hundred times a day. He's one running the ball. He's one. It's just, he's a great coach. And he's out there, you know, they're the same form for the Panthers are right now. Um, they're doing it with a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones is not the typical rookie quarterback. He's playing extremely clean football. This is not like, you know, Zach Wilson um, in the first one. Week one, yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a different sort of bearing he's got, and he's not making a lot of mistakes, completing, what, 70% of his passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of typical Patriots football, but they're doing it atypically. And we'll see. I mean, this is going to be, um, you know, as they think about it, again, because it's Bill Belichick, whether it's Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, I don't know that it matters all that much to Bill. Uh, He is great at adjusting. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. But it's also not – they don't have the same kind of dominant personnel that they've had in the past on either side of the ball. So – it, while he's always great at adjusting, it's almost like he's patching leaks and things at, at different times, but he's great at slapping tape on them. So, you know, it's um, they've entered kind of that jury of their peers phase of the schedule where you're playing a team that's a lot like you, and they did it in Atlanta. They, they've got Washington coming up, very similar profile, you know, Trying to do does some things very well has some real issues and I think that's kind of the way it is in the NFL right now and as this season's gone on that's part of the reason when people wanted to panic at three and four that one win kind of changed things because if you look at where it fell in the course of the season not just are they four and four and if the season ended today. They'd be a playoff team. There it is, Darren. And also people would say, why is the season ending on Thursday <laughs> week nine? Um, <laughs> God, I love that joke, and I'll never stop telling it. it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> self-awareness. <laughs> oh, but my God. They're 4-4. Four and four. They would be a playoff team right now, and you see all these other teams around the league kind of falling apart. I mean, Jameis Winston's out for the season in New Orleans. You wonder what that's going to leave them yeah. with. You see Derrick Henry go down in Tennessee. Daniil Hunter from Minnesota is out for the season, and it's just – Bing, 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 all this stuff happening around them. And all of a sudden you think four and four with a bunch of dudes coming back ain't the worst place to be in life. I I completely agree. How much does – I always wonder about these things with fan narrative or uh, media narrative. So uh, the Panthers had Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl, obviously spent a lot of time looking at him, um, have tape on him, spent a week with him, know his mannerisms, had a chance to, to really get a good look at him and coach him. Um, and then also Stefan Gilmore, 
played for the Patriots for a very long time, is fresh off of that experience. How much are those really advantages or things that you can use to your advantage? And how much is it, well, every team has some info on another team and it's, you know, it's not really anything that gives us a huge leg up. There's an awful lot of cross-pollination in the NFL, it's true. And and I don't know that the Mac Jones stuff, having him a week in January in Mobile makes that big of a difference. I think with Gilmore, you know, he knows what Bill wants to do. Bill knows that he, he knows, knows yeah. that he, what he wants to do. So there's going to be adjustments. I mean, and that's, you know, part of the chess match in this one. But it's different. And like I said, it's a lot more with the Gilmore stuff than, than Mac Jones. But I, I do think there are things that, you know, you, you probably got to know personality and tendencies more so than play calls and tells. Well, Whereas sure. Gilmore, I mean, that's the thing he offers is, okay, this route means this. This stance means this route. You know, and all these galaxy brain things that Stephon Gilmore understands that other players don't. I think that can be a benefit, even though Bill knows that he's dealing with that, and they'll have to try to cover some of that up. There was some great analysis of that before Brady played the Patriots Mm -hmm. this year, you know, with that both of them were, you know, so many waves deep in Brady knows this, so Bill's going to do this, and Brady knows that Bill's going to do that, so the Brady's going to do this, and it just kind of keeps going down until they really go back to the start because then – you know, well, then he won't know that I will just do exactly what I was going to do anyway. You know, like all that stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, it really will take, you know, you know, I think that, that you hit on that point, Darren. It's not so much what the play call or whether they're going to switch to a, com- a completely different type of defensive front in the second series because then that's going to throw off the way that you were game planning. Obviously, that can happen because that's what Bill does. But it is very much this player who's a second or third year guy. May, he can be coached by Bill all he wants, but he may still physically have a tell. He may mm-hmm. still physically not be able to hide something that he likes to do that you can pick up on film or that Gilmore knows because he was right next to him or whatever, that kind of stuff that, you know, Bill can tell him all you want. Don't look like that. Change it to this way. But he may still do it. And that's kind of kind of beyond the Bill Belichick ability. That's a great point. All right. Well, we're going to leave it right here. Uh, this is the Happy Half Hour podcast, guys. I'm excited for the game on Sunday. Excited to be back home. Um, excited to be in our cozy clothes. Feeling like football season. And we will talk to you next week. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.